What's going on, kids? It's your, it's your boy, Kendrick Ray, the Dreadlock Boy, Black with another episode of the Dreadlock Boy Talk podcast. Here we have another Dreadlock Boy Talk interview. I am joined by entrepreneur and vegan food specialist, Emmanuel Lay. Yes, Thanks for coming on to the show. It is great to have you here. Awesome. So I am absolutely honored to be here. It's been a fantastic journey. Uh, and I think that Excalibur was the culmination of many years of innovation and hard work. So the story about how the Excalibur started. Now, how did you get into all this? Like, what made you go in this direction? So I got in this direction because uh, when I was a when I was working at a top four consulting firm, we had to work a very, very long amount of hours. And mm-hmm. I'm not shy against hard work. I really don't mind working the extra mile. I don't mind, you know, uh, showing up early, uh, leaving late. And one of my old coworkers was like, man, like, you know, you always come in early. You always leave late. Like, uh, I definitely have a hunch that you're going to move up the ladder really quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always made it my philosophy. You pay me $1, I'm going to make you $3. Okay. Uh, you pay me $1, I'm going to make sure you get $3 back. That's a pretty good philosophy to live by. And I think a lot of people, well, I can't say a lot of people are trying to live like that, but a lot of people should should be trying to live like that. But that remains to be seen for the remainder of this decade. Yeah. Um, so what do you think of when you think of a knight? Knight, armor, sword, shield, horse. Armor, sword, shield, horse. Okay. So let's break down every single one of these components. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh when it comes to when it comes to personal branding, when it comes to and when it comes to branding a particular product, I think that you want a, I think you definitely want a figure that can resonate with what your audience uh, desires, and you want a figure that rep- resonates with what you truly have to offer to your consumers, mm-hmm. uh, because your brand you, your branding is a extension of the product, and in the CPG world, people have become successful by building icons where. You ever heard of the word heuristics? Yes, a couple of times. So what is a heuristic? That I have no idea. A heuristic is a mental shortcut that we take because our brains have a limited amount of capacity to process information. Uh, Mm -hmm. Every time we perceive information in this world, it's filtered out, it's stripped down because if you were perceiving everything completely as they are, critically analyzing everything your brain would get very overloaded you would get absolutely nothing done so a heuristic is a mental shortcut where uh, a heuristic is a mental shortcut where uh based on past information you can create a assumption on a new event so uh, a great example of a, a great example of a heuristic is a uh, when you see a mcdonald's right when i see a mcdonald's on the road let's say i'm I'm traveling. I, I'm in a new area. Well, I prefer not to eat a McDonald's at a new area because I like be, being adventurous. I like trying new things. Mm-hmm. But let's say I was not sure about the quality of the food in a new area. And I came across a McDonald's on the highway. Um, you know, let's say I was driving uh, in a country road on the highway. I came across a McDonald's. The second I see McDonald's, boom. I know they're going to give me a certain kind of food. It's going to be cooked a certain way. It's going to be very standardized. It's going to be a 
certain experience. And that's a, and that's a heuristic that I can draw based off of my past experiences dining in a particular place. Because when I see those two golden arches, I think, oh, you know, reliable, consistent service, great prices. Um, so the Excalibur, I came up with the branding of the Knights because I, when I, when I have my consumers see a knight, I want them to think of a warrior that's making their way through the day, and I want them to identify with being with being and becoming that warrior. I want that warrior ideal to be something that people can aspire to. Right, that sounds like a really dope concept, and you know, few businesses use the um, figure of the knight, but yep. you know, it's not always caught on pretty quickly i mean absolutely certain, certain schools have it certain businesses have it but you know when you think about it the knight is supposed to be one of the like upstanding figures in ancient time you know they are supposed to 100%. like you think you think you think of king arthur and the knights of the round table things like that you know so and every culture has and the cool thing about knights is that every culture right there is no culture in the world that did not have some form of night for example exactly. for example um in asia you have the samurai very similar to knights very complex code of honor yeah very strong ethical system it was a little bit different maybe the weapons they used maybe maybe the uh their exact vows were slightly different than the medieval knights of europe yeah. um you know uh if you go in the Middle East, um, the Middle East also had a very complex warrior cast as well. Um, you go, you, you go, you go to various indigenous cultures. Each indigenous culture also has their own warrior ideals, and the words are always going to be a little bit different. The weapons they use, the tools they use, always going to be a little bit different. But it's just one motif that we have throughout any culture, any civilization in the world. And I think it's because there's something innate about the human race and the human species uh, that, you know, has a lust for tackling challenges. And I bring, and I bring with me that warrior spirit when I'm building my CPG empire. So how, how long have you been involved in CPG? I've actually worked in the CPG industry uh, at a, at a lar at a very large multi-billion company dollar company uh, for for a few years. Uh, I was actually doing process automation work. Um, but that was a that was great experience because that helped me identify processes that I needed to automate for my own CBG company. So I was actually doing that concurrently. So I'm a firm believer in uh, picking jobs that allow you to gain valuable skills. I, I have this saying that says, Get paid to learn, man. Get paid to learn. Any single, any job you're at, uh, there's always something you can be learning. If you're not learning, it's not fair to the people who are paying you. It's also, but ultimately, even worse, it's not fair to yourself, man. It's not fair to yourself. And the way that I see it is a lot of people get really, a, a lot of people are against working a nine to five. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, I never really had a nine to five. Uh, it was always more of like, uh, like, nine to whenever the heck I get it done. You know, uh, uh, like <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, I think the traditional notion of, I think the traditional notion of the nine to five is like definitely going away. But, yeah. you know, I have a, 
I have a concept called radical ownership. You give me a task, I own it. Uh, I, I take personal pride in making sure that it gets completed to a good standard of quality. But uh, I was doing CPG uh, at a large multinational uh, for a while. But me running Heaven's Pantry, I've been doing that for around two years. Okay. Uh, two or three years. One one year we were one year we were cutting it by hand. Uh, mm-hmm. Our first one or two years we were cutting it by hand. And then over time, our recipe sold really, really well. The farmer's market, and we had a commercial kitchen. Um, that commercial kitchen closed down because their landlord was charging them way too much rent. Wow. Mm. Unfortunately, that's still a thing in today's world. So trial by here. fire, man. It was mm-hmm. trial by fire, having to scale up at a moment's notice. It was trial by fire, and to this day, I'm still learning. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I still have a long way to go. Uh, I still have a lot of lessons to learn. And that's what excites me every day in the morning when I get up. There's always something new uh, to tackle. I always have a new challenge. And ultimately, I wouldn't have it any other way. I agree. I definitely agree. So what would you see? What would you say is the, the best-selling product that you have right now? The Chocolate Excalibur. It's our flagship product, actually our our only product as of now, uh, it is, so our old version, the Excalibur was hand cut. It was described as a brownie in a wrapper. So it's made out of six natural ingredients. Um, it's cocoa powder, dates, almonds, cashews, sea salt, and coconut oil. Fantastic ingredients, all natural. And each ingredient uh, was handpicked and hand selected to enhance your cognitive capabilities and keep your energy level highs throughout the day without getting a caffeine crash. Because when I was working in consulting, um, well, I, I've always worked as a consultant of some sorts, mm-hmm. but I used to work externally uh, for, a top, for a consulting firm. I serviced uh, a lot of different clients and I was driving like one and a half hours to my client. Um, you know, I uh, left my house at 7.30, got home at 12 o'clock, a.m., not p.m. Uh, I wish it was p.m., but it was a.m. One of the perks of the job was that during busy seasons, you would get uh, free coffee. I-, I love coffee to this day. And I'm not <laughs> talking ill of coffee. Coffee mm-hmm. definitely has its, has its time and place. But the coffee would make me crash so hard. Um, I quickly learned that a coffee could last me like a, f- a few hours till the afternoon. The mm-hmm. afternoon comes, I crash I have another coffee and then come time to go to bed. I couldn't go to sleep. So uh, <laughs> it was this negative cycle of sleep deprivation, negative mm. cycle of sleep deprivation. And uh, we came up with an Excalibur and it allows people to get um, the same energy boost that caffeine does without the crash, without the crash. It's just a more natural, sustainable source of energy. And, um, you know, in the consulting industry, you always have to be on top of your A game. You always have to, you know, look polished. You always, but you, you can't just look polished because no one wants to talk to a, or liaise with a consultant who's all uh, form and no substance. Right. The senior leaders who you're interfacing with are brilliant at sniffing out uh, people who are all form and no substance. You always got to be constantly. Um, able to articulate your viewpoints at a moment's notice. You always got to be mentally sharp. There's no room for not being on your A game. But the Excalibur did a 
very fantastic job of uh, keeping me energized, upbeat, uh, without having to resort to getting a caffeine crash in the middle of the day. And by the way, you can tell it's, uh, you know, it's 1130 uh, in your area. And mm-hmm. um, in the place I'm at uh, for this week, it's only 1030. But you were saying I'm pretty upbeat guy for 1030, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I was getting ready to say, like, um, you definitely seem like you have a lot of energy. And I feel like you've always had this type of energy. Like, how old are you? Well, uh, it's really funny because I think age is just a number. I Uh think age is a, you know, I I think we're defined uh, by our outlook on our life. I think we're, I think we're defined on our value system and, uh, you know, um, and the pride that we take in the things that we do. Uh, But how old are you, sir? I'm 38. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. you. Congratulations. How old do you think I am? I feel like you have to be like 29 or something. Very, very close. Very, very close. You're, 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 de- you're definitely the, you're definitely in the, you're definitely in the ballpark. Uh, I'll, def- I'll, uh, I'll tell you after this podcast. But I, the, re- the, re- the reason why, the, the reason why, you know, uh, you're in the ballpark between eight, between eighteen to sixty-five. And the reason why, and, and the reason why I say this is because I don't, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want people uh, perceiving my product differently because of my age. I don't want people perceiving my product differently, uh, pers- differently because they think, uh, "Oh, I'm part of this generation because I'm younger," or "I'm part of that generation because I'm older." Like, uh, as I said, you're in the ballpark. I'm anywhere between 18 to 20. I'm a- I'm anywhere between 18 to 65. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, where where's the company actually stationed out of? Awesome. So I am stationed. I am stationed in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. I'm based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I have a partner who's in uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, and I have another one who's who's in Newport Beach, California. And the cool thing is that when you have three different partners, you bring in three different pers- you, have, you have three different perspectives, and mm-hmm. you have three different geographical regions that you can plant your seeds in. Right. That's cool. And and did, did the three of you start up this company or? Yeah, we actually met in university. Nice, nice. Okay, all right. So yeah, we who, all met in university, and uh, we we stayed in touch. And uh, one day, my friend Rob hit me up and said, "I need a guy who's has a very keen analytical mind. I think that's you." Uh, and over time, uh, he became the guy who's the keen analytical mind, mm-hmm. and I became the guy who's. Um, a promoter, a marketer, uh, a process, a, a process designer. I design all the processes that keep the company up and running. I go on podcasts uh, such as yours. I'm mm-hmm. very selective of of uh, who I do podcasts with. But uh, you know, I I saw your podcast and I think it definitely vibes with the grassroots movement uh, that I'm trying to nurture and build up. Thank you very much. And you're and you're actually right because. I, I still consider myself like a new podcaster, even yep. though I've kind of been at this for like two years or so. But I I, I like I I adopt the idea of bringing on others who are either established or up and coming, also because it, it, it's about you know spreading out, you know, Absolutely. spreading out the knowledge all over the place because you know. A lot of people don't have outlets to do that. 
you know so absolutely if, if i can be that outlet for other people to like get you know recognition or even more business i'm happy to do that and i feel the same way about you so mm -hmm. any you know uh whoever is watching this uh i just want to say to all my fans at uh heaven's pantry uh i really i do really support uh the mission of this podcast and i highly recommend that you hit you mash that subscribe button because grassroots movements like yours are a lot more authentic and a lot more uh believable than uh, a lot of those big corporate podcasts yeah and i have no problem i have no problem hopping on those uh you know uh but what i will say is that when someone is promoting you and you're not paying a single dime that's how you know like they're actually very passionate about uh you know the product that you have to offer and you know in my i'm not going to say the word day job i really don't want to say that because mm -hmm. I, I i'm you know i i, I really think my career as as a, a senior leader in the automation department of a fortune 500 i really think i get a lot of value from the lessons i learned from there um I met a lot of awesome people, uh, many who I'm proud to call my friends as well. Uh, and, you know, you know, ultimately the experience, ultimately the experiences that we take running grassroots movements like this is something that you'll never experience anywhere else. You'll never mm -hmm. experience that at a large company. Uh, you will never experience that, uh, you know, at a at an established institution, and I'm not saying the lessons you learn from an established institution isn't valuable, but it's so different. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, so where can people find these products at? Actually, great question. So we are in a few stores uh, in Charlotte, uh, California, and also Eastern Pennsylvania. Okay. But uh, our website is Heaven's Pantry llc.com that's heaven's pantry llc.com and if you go on amazon and you search chocolate excalibur heaven's pantry uh we are actually in the top 100 for fruit and nut bars nice so even though we have a long way to go when it comes to the climate to becoming nationally recognized i think we're on the right track i think we're on the right track and it's because I genuinely care about what the customers have to say. Uh, a lot of people say that, a, a, a lot of people out there say that, oh, uh, the haters, you, you know, you, you, you let it go in one, one ear out the other. And I think there's two kinds of, you know, I really don't like that way of thinking because uh, mm -hmm. I think there's two kinds of detractors, okay? The first kinds of detractors are the Karens of the world. Okay, so if you're a Karen, I don't want to, I don't want any business uh, from you. I'm not saying a person named Karen, I'm talking, Hey, we have much love for the Karens of the world who are not Karens, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we have much love. We have much love for the Karens of the world who are not Karens. And I am utterly sorry for all the the figurative Karens that have to ruin things for the literal Karens. Uh, <laughs> I am utterly sorry for all the figurative Karens who make life hard for for for, for, for the for the literal Karens. But what? But here is here is what I'll say. Some people like to complain for the sake of complaining. Some yeah. like, you know, like some people will like if you take them, if you take them out to dinner, you pay for their meal, uh, you treat them to a nice dinner. They'll complain and they'll be like, what? I feel 
I feel like you never gave me the chance to like pick up the bill, you know, uh, or they'll be like, oh man, I feel like I'm so, I feel so depressed that like, you know, you're paying for this. Uh, well, like they'll always find a reason to be mad about something. Uh, yeah. Like it, 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 it's like the guy like who, you know, you ever been to a party before and you see this guy like, you know, great food, great, great liquor. Uh, this always is you know, like, like, energetic upbeat crowd there's always this guy standing in the corner saying hey man i don't know anyone here yeah my feet hurts uh why is everyone not including me i want to go home when it you know when, when in reality the problem is them the problem is that they're not going out they're not socializing they're not mm-hmm. you know just trying to mingle meet people they're not enjoying the most of the atmosphere the ambiance there's always going to be debbie downers who uh will always find a reason to not be satisfied. So that's category one. You got to filter those people out, okay? Yeah. But number two, there's people who are really passionate about the industry. They're very passionate about uh, their foodies. They, they know food inside out, and they can give great criticism on the taste. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where, as an entrepreneur, I listen to what they have to say. When someone says, oh, man, like, no, this bar, this bar is trash, right? And um, by the way, this bar is not trash. Uh, we have 27 five-star reviews on Amazon, and we have one four-star. So that's like a over 99% satisfaction rating. Nice. But, but, uh, but, but what I was, well, what I was saying is like, uh, but, but, but what, what I was, what I was saying is like when people, when, when people say, "Hey, this bar is not good because of reason X, Y, Z." You can do X, Y, Z to make it better. That's when I say, sir, thank you for your time. Um, here's a voucher, and I will give you a fresh uh, box uh, once we've done the due diligence to improve our product. And sounds, that's my approach. That sounds like a very good approach. And I know a lot of companies do it, but there's still a great deal of companies that don't, especially these companies that have been around for so many years. They just push the products and they're just like, eh, they'll either buy it or they don't. And it's like, you know, quality control is something that I've noticed that's kind of been going thrown to the wayside by a lot of these on corporations. And it's like, and like with your products, which are like vegan based products, it's like, no, you got to make sure everything's top of the line and that you respect and honor the process that you're taking to create this stuff. But also you got to enjoy what you're doing too. Yeah, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, uh, it's really not fair to your 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 employer or your business partners. But ultimately, you're robbing yourself at the end of the day. Ultimately, you're robbing yourself. And uh, I always tell I always tell this to my team, like you know, uh, make sure you like what you do. Uh, if you're not happy, what can I do to make you happy? Uh, if you're and if there's nothing I can do to make you happy, how can we find you a new job where you'll be happy? Right. How can we, how can we find you a new job where you're, you're going to be happy? And like, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds like it sounds like I'm shooting myself in the foot uh, to say that. But would, having uh, unproductive people uh, on your team is probably is probably one of the biggest drains uh, for any business. Having oh, yeah. people that are disengaged and engaged employees, uh, engaged uh, part business partners, engaged team members, engaged uh, uh, vendors people who feel like they have skin in the game, people who feel like 
they're le- they're still learning something by working with you. Uh, I hate saying working for you because like at the end of the day, like we're all adults. I hate the idea of like a hierarchy. You know, we we, we all work towards we all work towards a common goal. But mm-hmm. if you no longer feel like you have that common goal, if you feel like our our mission, uh, you know, kind of deviates from what you want, uh, or just the day to day. Well, let's find you a new adventure. Nice. Yeah. Actually, matter of fact, what what would be your ten best pieces of advice for anyone who is in this industry or is looking to get in this industry? So, uh, for my for my corporate career or for my entrepreneurship life. Uh, I say entrepreneurship life. I'd say that. Cool. Let's start with let's 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 start with entrepreneurship uh, because what it takes to be a good entrepreneur is so different than what it takes to be a good employee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number one, the first thing that I would say is more doing, less talking. More doing, less talking. Uh, I've seen a lot of people who talk a big game and uh, you know having having a. A, a background in technology. I always hear people saying, I have this big app idea. Uh, do you know how to get it implemented? And please, 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 please sign this NDA, like right. s- sign this NDA so that you don't spread this idea around. Oh, uh, the first thing I always say is please go pound sand. Okay. Please go pound <laughs> sand because number, because number one, if you think that someone, um, if you think that your idea is like so special that like it could get stolen by someone, that's a false dichotomy because your idea eventually will make its way out to the world. And if there's no moat around your idea uh, that allows you to stay competitive while other people enter the market, because people have been making energy bars for years. Yeah. Uh, people have been making energy bars before I was born and people will keep making energy bars after I leave this planet and go on to the next world. Okay. Yep. Like, uh, like people will be making energy bars, uh, after I leave this planet as well. And people have made energy bars before I enter this planet. And ultimately at the end of the day, you gotta have more action. You gotta have less talk because the talk doesn't produce the results. It's the action that does number mm-hmm. two. Um, so number one, more talk. No, sorry, more action, less talk. More action, less talk. Number two, um, I have this in the world of Lean Six Sigma. Uh, we have this thing called JDI. Uh, JD, and no, this is not Nike. Uh, I'm not getting any checks from Nike for saying this, but just do it. Just do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you have a you have an idea. Go out, test it. Get mm-hmm. your get your butt kicked um there is nothing that there is nothing that is more humbling than the than the invisible hands of the free market and that Mm -hmm. invisible hand of the free market which is what the customers want that invisible hand will slap you really hard in the face if you develop (laughs) an ego too big for your britches and i say that because um when you're marketing something you're putting yourself out there to see if the world is about that, and if we're not about that, you go back. That that leads us to idea, uh, our our tip number four. Mm-hmm. Our tip number four: constantly keep reevaluating and keep taking feedback. You want to be a guy who has a thick skin. You don't want to be that guy who whines and complains because things aren't going their way. Um, you 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 you, re- you really want to constantly just uh absorb what people have to say about 
about your product, take it into account, and um, you know, accept what you're not able to change. If you can change it, go change it. Make, mm -hmm. Give them a better experience. Right. Number five, uh, one man is no man. Um, I was, I was mm -hmm. a member of the Phi Delta Theta fraternity when I was in college. Uh, I really think that my uh, years in college were some huge formative years. And we have a say in our fraternity, and people think that fraternities are all about getting drunk, or they're all about, uh, they're all about losing brain cells. They're all mm -hmm. about, uh, they're they're all about uh, degeneracy, and that could not be any more wrong. Uh, when I was living in that fraternity house, I was filled with uh, many, you know, uh, ambitious, bright uh, young men who wanted to move up in life, who wanted to better themselves, who wanted to, who wanted to push each other to achieve better academics to push each other to um to push each other to just be better men and i think the whole experience it really wasn't about it really wasn't about the the keg stands that you can do because you know uh that's not how you pass college uh right. it, it it's not a it's not about i mean don't get me wrong there was there, there were a few keg stands but like uh like mm -hmm. that, well, <laughs> I, I, I still needed enough to keep enough brain cells to pass all my exams uh and uh, you know, ultimately, the whole experience was just teaching you how to, you know, live in a society, teaching you how to integrate with people, and learn, and just like helping, having these strong friendships that build you up and prepare you for the next phase of life. And the Phi Delta Theta fraternity had this saying that says, "One man is no man. One mm. man is no man." You're not an island. You are a, you are a, a extension of the universe, observing itself. And it's a very cliche like a uh, phrase. Uh, I know, but it's it's a, a cliche philosophical phrase. But I really think that we are all part of. We're, we're all the extension of the universe. We're all trying to make the. We're all trying to make sense of the world that we're in. Okay, and when. You, as a businessman, I'm trying to make sense of what the market wants. Uh, no more, no less. Mm -hmm. And if I'm just one guy making sense of what the world wants, I'm not talking to people who are potential customers. I'm not talking to, I'm not talking to the people who want to potentially carry my product. So that's tip number five. Make sure you, know, you don't isolate yourself. Make sure you're well integrated in the community and make sure that you're partnering and allying yourself with the right people uh, to not just further your interests, uh, but also their interests as well. Uh -huh. and now let's go over tip number six. Remember what I said about furthering both of our interests? Yes. Create win-win propositions. Create win-win propositions. So with a chocolate Excalibur, the six natural ingredients, let me ask you something. What do you think is the win-win proposition of the Excalibur? Chocolate? Well, you're getting chocolate. Uh, um, well, let's compare it to other kinds of chocolate. Right. So, I mean, just off the top of my head, we got like um, little chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate, you know, and like a lot of the other health bars, they don't, a lot of the other health bars don't really include chocolate like that. Oh, this is a very chocolate bar. I can tell you that. <laughs> so if you're if you're not 
a fan of chocolate, please, you know, I'm not, Hey, my, uh, my goal is to make sure everyone gets a good experience. If you don't think, if I don't think my bar is the right bar for you and your lifestyle and dietary needs, I'll happily point you to a different bar. Uh, I'll happily point you to a different bar. Uh, and I hope to be able to meet what that bar, uh, that uh, I hope to be able to meet, uh, the benefits of that bar that my bar is missing. But I think, you know, there's a, there's definitely a right bar for everyone. And, uh, mm-hmm. when I, when I create win-win Dally propositions, my proposition is this, I'm not the cheapest bar out there, but, uh, I think it's great value and there is no price you can put on being able to stay awake without having a crash. Mm-hmm. There is no price you can put on that. And by the way, to those who's wondering how much it costs, it's uh, twenty-two dollars uh, on Amazon right now for a pack of twelve. These are actually pretty. These are actually pretty large bars. So like uh, the the price per ounce is actually fairly reasonable. And then uh, I'll give you a code at the end that can give you twenty percent off your order. So uh, so that's uh, that's so definitely. Our value proposition is that we keep people full. We keep people energized um, instead of resorting to uh, sugary sweets like donuts and to satisfy your sweet tooth. Why not have something that's a little bit more wholesome? Right. So so that's a win-win. Obviously, I'm getting paid. My partners Mm -hmm. are getting paid. But I'm also giving people good, nutritious food. And uh, can I tell you one thing? There are way easier ways to make money in this world. There are way easier ways to make money in this world um, outside of packaged goods. Uh, I also I also do uh, some consulting work on the side as well. And uh, that definitely pays a lot better than doing this. But I do this because I care about this. I do this because I think that we need to – our world has seriously declined from a health perspective. There's oh, yeah. tons of junk food presented to you at every corner – especially companies with disingenuous marketing tactics uh, mm-hmm. um, yep. appealing to your psychology saying that hey you need this sugary drink you you, you, you need this you need this to fit in like uh, hey man this is really cheap food but you no know, not it, it's not gonna make you healthy it's not gonna make you productive I want to mm-hmm. be that change that I wanted to see and that's why I do this uh, and that goes on to tip number seven tip number seven. Do not ever do something just for money. Do mm-hmm. not ever do something just for money. Um, when I started out in my uh, in my life of consulting, right? Uh, when I started off my life of consulting, um, so the hierarchy of the consulting world is that it goes from consultant, senior, uh, and then um, manager, senior manager, and then the big dogs was what was the partners. So a partner owned a little piece of the firm, and uh, you have these guys who are making like stupid amounts of money. Uh, I, I I was lurking some internet forums. I was like, wow, like there's a clear path where if you work here for 15 years, you can make $500,000 a year. Um, you get a 60% pension when you retire. Uh, but then I looked at, but then I looked at the lifestyle that these people led. And I was like, this is not me. And right. within, within uh, two years, I realized that it was, not a long-term thing that I wanted to do. And even though I, I did it for the money initially, uh, well, you know, I, I never moved up to a place where I never moved up uh, in that uh, 
in the sector to a point where uh, I was able to rake in the big bucks at that firm because, you know, my my heart was entirely in it. I learned a lot of great lessons. I made a lot of great friends uh, who I still talk to today. And uh, I think I was the cornerstone, the foundation of my career. It taught me the meaning of grit, perseverance, and hard work. But I didn't have the why. I, I did, And the why should never be make a few extra bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, when I, today for my uh, corporate job, uh, when I get up and I go to work, I do have a why. I'm passionate about sharing uh, technology uh, with senior executives. I'm passionate about educating uh, all the leaders, uh, the lines of business on how to streamline their operations. I'm truly passionate about, I'm very blessed to get paid to play with shiny pieces of tech. Uh, Very fortunate. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I, as as I said, get paid to learn. And the second I stop learning, I'm going to move on. But I feel like I'm going to be learning here for a long, long time. And it is that lust of learning that has kept me going. So, so, what I was going to say is don't do it for the money. Do it because, do it because you think that you have a higher purpose. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let me ask you something, Kendrick. Why are you doing this? What pleasure, what joy do you get? I'll be honest with you. I I enjoy doing I enjoy doing the podcast for a couple of reasons. One, I like getting my thoughts out on certain things. Um, aside yep. from aside from anyone who's listened or watched my podcast, you knows that aside from the interviews I do here, I like to do discussions about movies, TV shows, yep. just just random things and stuff. Um, and then the other thing is that, like I mentioned before. The reason why I like doing interviews on my podcast because I like I like meeting new and interesting people. That's for one. I like having conversations with new and interesting people. I've certainly like, met a new interesting person today. <laughs> and I enjoy sharing that conversation with the world, actually, because like you mentioned, you got these big name podcasters, you know, you got the Joe Rogans and things like that. And that's great. I have not I have not done those yet. But I mark my words, one day I will. Yeah, and not to say that I don't aspire to be like those, be on that level because I do. You know, you know, Joe Rogan is one, Joe Rogan is one of the most well-known podcasters out there. But I enjoy the authenticity that comes with this and just meeting genuine people like yourself and others. And we can just have general conversations about different things, about, about business about life, about, you know, whatever professions or whatever interests that we're into. That's really where I get a lot of the joy from doing a podcast thing. Not only that, but it's also kind of easy to do anyway, so there's that. <laughs> it's just, like, genuinely something I look forward to. Like, uh, mm. like, honestly, being able to say that my side hustle involves making new friends, uh, mm-hmm. getting a new perspective, that is invaluable and that's not something that money can buy yep i agree so we're on tip number seven now i believe mm-hmm. or i think eight i think we're on eight well, yes we're on tip number eight so they have this saying that says if you do what you love you won't work day a day life. in your life mm-hmm. can i tell you that's categorically false really that's categorically false i'm gonna add a caveat to this Mm-hmm. 
You like podcasting. Yeah. You like podcasting. There's probably some parts of podcasting you're not a fan of. On first of all, first of all, I apologize for the late reply. Uh, you know, uh, it's good. Uh, first of all, I apologize for for the scheduling delay. Uh, it's um, all good. It's like being all good. being on like definite definitely having to travel for business uh, during this time. I definitely had a lot of emails I had to catch up on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but you know, you, you and me scheduling list to make this work. Mm -hmm. That's part of the job that we're not a fan of, but guess what? It's worth doing that so that you get to do the things that you love. Yep. Yeah. If, you know, if I wasn't like, all right, like if I didn't set that reminder saying, Hey, check your freaking emails, check your messages. Mm -hmm. uh, if you didn't follow up on me, uh, and, uh, this conversation would not be happening. I'm yep. greatly enjoying this conversation right now. I'm greatly, mm -hmm. I'm greatly enjoying this conversation. So here's my here's my uh, twist on do what you love and you won't work a single day in your life. Here's my twist. My twist is there is a productivity tax that you have mm -hmm. to pay to do the things that you love. Uh, like I've had... I've had jobs where, uh, you know, uh, you maybe enjoy doing what you're doing 50% of the time and the other 50% of the time, it's an utter drag. But once you do, once you have that 50% of the time that you absolutely love, sometimes you'll be like, wow, this is what makes it worth it. This is what yeah. makes it worth it. And I recommend that you keep that number above 50%, but sometimes th that number can dip below. Sometimes that number can go above, but Accept that there's always going to be parts of your job that are things that you have to do, but you don't want to do. And then, yeah. um, but, you know, make sure you do them so you can do the things that you, you absolutely love to do and yeah. pay that just like, you know, just like me being a citizen of society, I pay my taxes so I can enjoy, um, I can enjoy public services such as transit, infrastructure, clean water, clean air. Uh, you know, I, I call that as my my contribution that I make to be a part of society. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That definitely sounds about right. So let's so let's go so let's go on to so let's go on to tip number nine. Mm -hmm. Tip number nine is very near and dear to me. Tip number nine is tip number nine is the value of persistent hard work. I think that I think that you're not defined by I think you're not defined based on uh, your ability to go on a podium and say that you're going to and say that you're going to do things. You're not defined by the crazy ideas that you come up with. You are defined by your ability to stick with the idea, see it to completion and execute. And mm. it is execution that makes um, companies successful. And it's right. execution that makes uh, that makes people's careers take off and flourish. So let me so let me give you an example um, of a great idea with poor execution. I think that MySpace was a example of great idea, poor execution, and. For a while, the idea was actually able to sustain itself. Mm -hmm. But the reason why MySpace had poor execution was uh, 
I actually think MySpace had one of the most uh, cutting edge user interfaces. Um, oh yeah. And I think it's even superior to Facebook. I think it's mm -hmm. superior to Instagram and Instagram's the rage today because it's simple, right? Yeah. Uh, but why is Instagram so simple from a technical uh, perspective? Uh, the simplicity allows for better uptime, less consumption of resources, uh, you know, you, you, less, uh, less stress on the servers. Whereas MySpace, towards the tail end of its life, they wanted to get really fancy with adding so many different plugins, adding so much, yeah. functionality, adding so much functionality that the site speed slowed to a crawl. Mm -hmm. I want to listen to my favorite artist's music on MySpace, and I could not, and I could not, uh, I could not get them to load. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I could not get them to load. Uh, I put it on my playlist, and I could not get them to load. I'm like. And that was when I saw the writing on the wall for MySpace. Mm -hmm. that, that was when my, I saw my writing on the wall for MySpace. And yeah. I, and then like Facebook sprouted up. And then I'm starting to see that with Facebook as well. Facebook yeah. is starting to get really feature rich to the point where it's slowing down the site. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I was scrolling through Facebook and just going through memory lane. I was like, wait, why does this take so long to load? Like they, they, they have really smart people. They hire the best and the brightest. They still can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess I'm not working at Facebook uh, ever in my life <laughs> or criticizing them, but that's okay. I'm sure in five years, they'll be a little bit less uh, prominent because that's how big industry works. Like no one ever stays at the top uh, mm -hmm. forever. There's this term that we call creative destruction where mm. you ever heard of creative destruction. I've never heard that term before. That's an interesting term. Creative destruction, it was where, uh, you know, uh, old concepts, ideas get challenged. And uh, when, you, when you challenge these concepts, when you challenge these ideas uh, and these uh, products with the competition, you're, it's like iron sharpening iron. So, hey, man, uh, I'm not going to talk ill about a lot of the good energy bars on the market that I truly believe in, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to talk ill about uh, certain brands that I think are – you know, are great products. I will talk ill of products that aren't great because I'm an honest man. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm giving you right. the honest truth. It's not fair to my my audience if I don't if I if I'm not mm -hmm. honest uh, and I'm just being nice for the sake of being nice. But you know, I'm I have no I have no problem giving credit to to, to other brands like if you know if, if they're good because it's the other brands that are forcing me to become better. Mm -hmm. It's the other brands that are forcing me to become better. So that is creative destruction. And creative destruction is why um, we have the product that we have today. And I want to lead to our final 10th tip. This is probably the most important tip. Be very ruthless with your time. Figure mm -hmm. out. So uh, ever since I graduated school, I think on average I've been clocking in 70 hours a week. And like, uh, I don't work 70 hours a week at my um, corporate job anymore, but adding up this and my corporate job, I'd easily clear 70 hours a week. And that is okay. I don't feel bad about it because every hour that I sink in is for a purpose. I don't mm -hmm. do tasks because they have to be done. Uh, remember what I said about the productivity tax? Yes. A lot of people pay the productivity tax um, and the, when they pay the tax, of productivity, they do a lot of rote administrative tasks that they don't actually have to do. Like 
those rote administrative tasks aren't what's actually driving your results. And you want to be relentless about identifying what drives results and what does not drive results. And I'll give you an example um, of this. Um, in the world of Lean Six Sigma and process improvements, um, we have this thing called the Pareto Principle. And once again, it's a observation that 80% of, um, let's say you have a, let's say I was analyzing a, uh, a IT help desk. I was trying to streamline their operations. This IT help desk uh, had a very huge surge of tickets with, uh, you know, with a great resignation, everyone's understaffed. Uh, everyone's understaffed. There's not enough agents. Uh, how can we potentially slim down? How can we potentially slim down the amount of tickets that we have? And you only have a set amount of budget. Um, what problems should I attack? Where should attack where should we start there's something called a pareto chart where i uh i extract a lot of data uh from a from, from a database that has like a log of like where all the issues are uh like for example oh this guy came because his mouse broke down this guy uh that's a tier one issue this guy came because he's having this guy is having an issue with uh with a particular application oh maybe you have to bump it up to a tier two uh ticket and like escalate it to the system administrator or maybe you have a company-wide infrastructure and you have to escalate it to tier three. Like, um, let's, but let's say most people have, let's say most people, their issue was their mouses are breaking down, right? And that mm -hmm. was like 80% of my, the tickets I saw when I analyzed the department. You know what would be the advice that I would give? I would literally go up to a senior manager and say, hey, because 80% of your issues are coming from mouses breaking down, why don't you invest a little bit more in better mouses so that you don't have to hire someone to replace the mouses? <laughs> That's an example of the 80-20 principle. So 80% of issues in your business, no, 20% of the issues in your business will create 80 will create 80% of the work and 80% of the problems. So this this Pareto principle applies to work, uh, the work that you do. Uh, in terms of generating results and also applies to the problems that are generated um, by your work as well. So find out how to identify the 20% of issues causing 80% of the problems and find out how to identify the 20% of the work that's um, generating 80% of the results. And uh, sorry for um, sorry for moving my computer. There's a lot of mosquitoes in this area. No problem. Uh, no problem. Like, but uh, well, well yeah, that's the thing about the heat wave, man. That's the thing about the heat wave. Yeah. Uh, brings out brings out all the all, all the mosquitoes. But uh, yeah. Any, anyways, I'm back back to my chip. Be ruthless about identifying those uh those those twenty percent uh because who does not like working eighty percent less? Or if you want to work the same amount of hours you'll simply generate more results uh, if you can work on the things that actually matter. So those are my 10, the, those are my 10 tips uh, on things that you absolutely got to master if you are to become a entrepreneur. And uh, I really stand by it. So it's something they don't really teach you in school, but hopefully I can teach some of the audience tonight to, to not make some of the same mistakes that I did when I started out, because you know what they say? Regular people, learn through painful experiences. 
and smart people learn through the painful experiences of other people. So I am urging the audience to be smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Manny, this was a great discussion. Very, very informative. Where can people find you? What do you say, sir? Uh, where can people find you? As far as like social media is concerned, where can people find you? Absolutely. So uh, our, our social media on Instagram is Heaven's Pantry. So uh, that's our Instagram handle. That's Heaven's Pantry. Uh, shoot us a follow and uh, DM us with a picture of you enjoying the chocolate Excalibur for a, spe for a special loyalty reward. And you can obviously you can find us on Amazon. Uh, just uh, look up uh, Heaven's Pantry Chocolate Excalibur. It is the healthiest brownie you will ever have, completely guilt-free. Awesome. I'm, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna order one this week at some point. As a matter of fact, myself. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that'll do it for this um interview. I want to thank Emmanuel for coming on to the show. I know we kind of. I know it was kind of spur of the moment that we put this together, but we managed to make it work despite my technical difficulties going on over here. Uh, yeah, like I said, the heat wave has really been like, been, been crazy over here in Jersey. So I guess it's kind of affected my technology also, but I'm glad we were able to like get this, get this conversation together. And hopefully um, later on down the line, I can have you back on the show. Absolutely. It would be my absolute pleasure to return. Uh, and we could definitely talk about another topic of your choosing because uh, I I pride myself in uh, you know uh, being well read in multiple fields mm -hmm. so you name a topic I come on you know and we chat about it absolutely um, I want to thank all you guys for listening of course the video will be up later on and of course the audio will be up on all your podcast podcast streaming services streaming services later on in this, in this week I'm out Peace. I am out as well.